Welcome to this week's FoxCast, and this week it's Bill Engvall, a very funny guy. And Bill's going to talk about where Here's Your Sign came from, and he'll also discuss all his friends, Larry the Cable Guy, Ron White, and Jeff Foxworthy from the Blue Collar Tour. It's a great conversation. I think you're going to like it. He's a great guy, Bill Engvall. First of all, welcome to XM. Well, thank you. Listen, I've become a huge fan of XM Radio. The... uh, the, uh, I was just doing a show down uh, with the, on the country end. Well, thank you very much for the compliment. I, first of all, you know, it took me about two years to learn how to say your last name. Hey, listen, I just learned last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're from Galveston, Texas. Born and raised on the beach. Born in, born in the year of the tail fin, 1957. That's right. Now, uh, it, was, it was a classic car and a classic guy. No, wait a minute. It says in your bio that you were born in a hurricane. I was, uh, I, I want to say it was Hurricane Beulah. Uh, I'm not uh, positive on the names, but we lived in Lamarck, Texas. And at the time, Lamarck didn't have a hospital. So when I decided it was my time to come out, my parents had to drive to Galveston to a hospital in the middle of this hurricane for me to be born. Really? So I've been a problem my whole life. <laughs> and they never let you forget it. Right. And a big blowhard at the same time, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, at least they didn't name you Beulah. You know, yeah, thank God. <laughs> a, a lot of people, I was in Florida for Hurricane Andrew, and you wouldn't believe how many Andrews popped up. After oh, I'm that. sure, yeah. Yeah, thank God my parents didn't name me Beulah. <laughs> but where did comedy come in when you're raised, when you're living in Galveston, Texas in 1957? Well, I will tell you, it actually didn't come in until I was in third grade. Uh, and I think that I, I kind of knew then because we did our, our third grade class play, which was we were doing Clementine. And my voice was so high, I couldn't be a, a cowboy. So I had to be Clementine. <laughs> so I'm sure my parents were real proud with their son is standing up on stage in a dress singing, Oh, my darling. <laughs> you had a dress on? <laughs> oh, yeah. With a wig and the whole thing? I had the wig, the dress. Uh, and you know, every once in a while, it's still fun to put on a dress and a wig. And- <laughs> I was going to say, did you keep the costume? <laughs> well, I, I kept it. <laughs> we, you know, but I've moved on to other costumes. You know, sometimes it's a French maid. Sometimes it's <laughs> a Girl Scout. Yeah, the Girl Scouts. You know, I go door to door selling cookies. Well, I'll tell you about myself. I'm originally from the state of Texas. I love being from Texas just because we got our own language down there. We just make stuff up, man. We say stuff like, I'll tell you what. That's it. That's a complete sentence in Texas. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what. And everybody from out of state's like, what? <laughs> I just told you. And Texans look at these completely different than anybody else in the country. Last time I was home, I was driving around. I had a flat tire. I pulled my truck in one of these little side of the road gas stations. The attendant walks out, looks at my truck, looks at me. I swear to God, he went, tire go flat? <laughs> I couldn't resist. I said, nope. No, I was driving around. Those other three just swelled right up on me. <laughs> And without missing a beat, he goes, well, the heat will do that. I just hate stupid people. (laughs) They should have to wear signs and just say, I'm stupid. That way you wouldn't rely on them, would you? You wouldn't ask me anything. Be like, excuse me. Oh, never mind. I didn't see your sign. It's like for my wife and I moved from Texas to California. Our house is full of boxes. There's a U-Haul truck in our driveway. My friend comes over and goes, hey, you moving? <laughs> nope. <laughs> we just pack our stuff up once or twice a week. <laughs> just see how many boxes it takes. Here's your sign. 
couple of months ago, I went fishing with a buddy of mine. We pulled his boat into the dock. I lift up this big old stringer of bass. This idiot on the dock goes, hey, y'all catch all them fish? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Talked him into giving up. <laughs> Here's your sign. That's why there's warnings on products, because of stupid people, ladies and gentlemen. It's not for us, it's for stupid people. If there weren't any stupid people, you wouldn't see any warnings, or at least they had to wear those signs, you just wouldn't sell them the product, would you? Just be like, I'm sorry, I, I can't sell you that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> Did you know on a tube of Preparation H it says, do not take this orally? That's sad, isn't it? Because you know somebody wrote him a letter. <laughs> Dear Preparation Age, I ate this whole dang too. I still got these hemorrhoids. Man, my mouth's so small. I can't eat a jelly bean anymore. But I could whistle really good. We bought my daughter a bathtub doll. It's called Rubber Dub Dolly. Now, Rub-A-Dub Dolly floats around a bathtub with a little life preserver on. And on the life preserver, it says, this is not a life-saving device. <laughs> well, what kind of idiot would see some guy drowning in the river and go, here, here's a Rub-A-Dub Dolly dog. <laughs> oh, thank God you saved my life. <laughs> on a can of shaving cream, it says, the boy's spraying this into an open flame. Where the hell was that guy shaving at? He's sitting around the campfire one night, bought for a little bristle. <laughs> nice, that's nice. A little tender. We bought a stereo receiver. If you bought a piece of stereo equipment, you know inside the box, so he's put that little package of drying agent. And on this in big bold letters, what does it say? Do not, Do not eat this. Y'all ever bought a piece of stereo equipment thinking there might be something to eat in there? But you know somebody opened that box and went, well, look, I got a receiver and a pack of chiclets. I got music and gum. Do you know on the back of a roll-on deodorant that says, do not apply this to your eyes? Ladies, when was the last time you were out on a blind date and he was good looking, but he just had that stinky eye? I was working on my wife's car a couple weeks ago. I was putting a new fan belt on. Do you know on the back of a car fan belt, it says, be sure you stop the motor first. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to have been there the first time that happened? <laughs> Some guy walks in the house, his hands are all cut up. He's like, hey, Walt, what happened? Uh, I'm going to give you boys a little tip. <laughs> You're going to put a fan belt on the car. You better shut that motor off first. You can't stop it with your hands, man. It's like a machine or something. <laughs> if I hadn't seen this one, I wouldn't have believed it. But we were trying to sell our car about a year ago. Guy came over the house, drove the car around about 45 minutes. We get back to the house. He gets out of the car, reaches down, and grabs the exhaust pipe. And goes, damn, that's hot. <laughs> See? If he'd been wearing a sign, I could have stopped it. <laughs> I could have said, now, I know you're not going to understand this, but that's going to be hot. You've all seen this one on the back of a bottle of shampoo. It says, rinse, lather, repeat, rinse, lather, repeat. You know, there's some idiot still in the shower. 
Because it doesn't say dry your hair, try it again tomorrow, man. I'm sure some of you ladies here tonight use curling irons. You ever get a chance to read the warnings on these things? I swear to you, it says the first time you use this curling iron, you may notice a slight odor and some smoke. That means your hair's on fire. I'm not making these up. The worst one says, do not insert this curling iron in any orifice. My God. What happened to good old-fashioned foreplay? What is that? Woo! Warm up the curling iron, honey. We're going to the fire. There's warnings on blow dryers. You know this? It says, do not use while sleeping. Well, Lord, hadn't that become a problem? Because I don't know about the rest of you, but I cannot count the number of times. I've been sound asleep. Woke up, I was doing my hair. Dang it, I was sleep styling again. There's another warning that says, do not use this blow dryer in the shower. <laughs> Who's writing this pamphlet? Y'all ever been in the shower? Honey, I'm done shampooing my hair. Toss me that blow dryer. I saw an idiot on TV this week. I was watching one of those animal shows on Discovery Channel. There was a guy inventing a shark bite suit. There's only one way to test that. You gotta get bit by a shark. But the guy was inventing one doing the test and he had his buddy helping him out. That's the conversation I wanna be in. Jimmy, come here. All right, Jimmy, got that shark suit on, looks good. Now, what we gonna do? We gonna strap dead fish all over your body. Stay with me, Jimbo, stay with me. They want you to jump in this pool of sharks and you tell us if it hurts when they bite you. Well, all right. Hold my sign, I don't wanna lose it. Bill Engel, that's from the Reloaded uh, CD. Uh, here's your sign, Reloaded. Now let's talk about where that came about. I know you told this story a thousand times, but what was it that came up with the whole here's your sign bit? I mean, was it in a supermarket you got pissed off one day or what happened? Well, you know what? I Actually, I used to, the bit used to be that I thought stupid people should be slapped, which I still believe. But <laughs> one day my wife said, you know, you just don't look like the kind of guy that walks around slapping people. Now, this was probably 15 years ago, and I was in the clubs, and I started working on this idea about a sign. Because uh, at the clubs, you, you you had the leeway to work, you know, to, to just try out stuff. Right. Uh, and so I started working with the idea about, uh, you know, maybe stupid people should wear signs and say, I'm stupid. In fact, I used to sell signs after the show for a dollar a piece or two for five bucks that said, I'm stupid. And you wouldn't believe how many people bought two for five bucks. And, and to this day, when I'm doing a concert in a theater or something, someone will come up to me with that sign that they bought from me in a club. And I had already signed it, you know, like in 1991 or 90. And, and they'll say, can you sign this again? I'm like, hey, man, it's great. You kept this thing. I want to talk about a friend of yours. Well, I presume he's a friend of yours. Mm -hmm. I've known him for a long time. Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, yeah. When you guys were on tour with the Blue Collar Tour, tell us about that. What was that like being on the road with those three guys? Well, being on the road, one of the downsides of being on the road by yourself is that you show up in a town and, you know, somebody you don't know picks you up at the airport and you go to this hotel and you don't know anybody. The great thing about the Blue Collar Tour was you're hanging out with three of your buddies. So, you know, you all land in the same city and, and right away there's something to do. Right. And with Larry, it was not something to do, but something to keep him out of trouble. It was like kind of babysitting. Uh, I, I love Larry. I'll tell you what, the, there's a guy who nobody has more fun in this business than he does. 
and uh, and and he and I hit it off. We we talk. We still talk once or twice a week. Uh, in fact, I call him every time Nebraska plays Texas. Uh, <laughs> at, at which I was glad I was able to call this year and go, well, we beat you again. I like NASCAR. They ought to make their wives ride with them in NASCAR. That'd be something. <laughs> I can hear them in there now, bitching. <laughs> you don't know where the hell you're going, do you? <laughs> we have been going in circles for two hours out here. Now pull over. I got to pee. <laughs> they want to take Winston out of NASCAR. Who's going to sponsor NASCAR if we get rid of Winston? What, are they going to get the stay-free mini pads in there? <laughs> That'd be some good racing right there. Well, we got 43 cars in the Kotex Cup this year. <laughs> There's Jeff Gordon in the number 24 Strawberry Dew Chevy Monte Carlo right there. <laughs> There's Dick Trickle in the Syphilis Ford coming out of turn four. <laughs> How'd you get tickets to the Tampon 200? <laughs> well, my daddy pulled some strings and he got some pretty good <laughs> Get her done! I'm going to sing you a song here. I'm going to sing you a song. I just busted up with my girlfriend tomorrow. Yeah, she said I cheated on her, which is a lie. I said I didn't pay attention to her, which is a lie. And I told her, I said, Sandy, or Jennifer. Uh, No. No, but she, it was just her cooking. I had to leave her. She just can't cook. She went to get me some eggs the other day, make an omelet, and open them up, and some pantyhose come out of them, you know. Betty Crocker sends her hate mail. <laughs> but she cheated on me with another man, and that was wrong. And I wrote this song about her. I hope you like this song. You ever hear that song, Amarillo by Morning by George Drake? Yeah. All right, this don't sound nothing near it all even close to that song there. <laughs> Took me about four months to write this. Hope you like it. She cheated on me. That's wrong. girlfriend's a whore. <laughs> That's all I got so far right there. Right there. <laughs> yeah, get it. I figured I had the main lyrics in, you know. That's all right. Now, here's a real song I wrote about. I hope you like it. It's called I Can't Get Over You Till You Get Out From Under Him. <laughs> all right, I'm your kid. All right. That ain't funny. That ain't funny. This is a song I wrote about an illegal Mexican. Yeah, hitchhiking through Texas. I'm going to call it El Paso. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. You want to hear my impression of Elton John? Yeah. All right. He's queer. (laughs) All right, that's the impression that I get, all right? That's just my impression. I don't know about y'all. Alright. Hope you like this song. Sing along if you know it. It's called My Grandma's Got Worms. That explains why she's been dragging her butt on the carpet. Here we go. Alright. Hey, did y'all have fun tonight? I hope y'all had a good time. Did you have fun? 
Hope you had fun tonight. I appreciate you coming out. And remember, everybody makes fun of a redneck until their car breaks down. Uh, that's a big thing to remember. But I appreciate y'all coming out to see me. Y'all being real good to me here. And, uh, Merry Christmas, Carol! And I want to tell you... <laughs> can we have security? Can we have security over here, please? <laughs> All right, I'll get that. <laughs> I'll get that. I'll, I'll do that for you. No, but I appreciate y'all coming out. And uh, and remember this, you come to the Larry the Cable Guy show, it's a free country, all right? And, and we're Americans and we're having fun. And that's all we're doing is telling jokes and having a good time. So if somebody in here is offended that something we're doing, we ain't here to do that. We're here to make you laugh. So if you're offended, go home and uh, put a bullet in your head. All right, seriously. And end it. That's right. End it. End your life. And I mean, I mean that in a good Christian way. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. <laughs> but uh but larry larry is one of those guys who uh is a dear dear friend and and will be a life he's a lifelong friend you right. know 80 40 years from now when we're both old men we'll, we'll still laugh about some of the stuff we did no, but they, he, can, he can't drink really oh he's a he's a easy cheap drunk oh, <laughs> oh i thought you mean he didn't drink I, no no he he can drink <laughs> yeah he just can't handle it has he told you the story how many times about how many laughs he gets in uh, three minutes no, but but the thing I love about Larry is that he'll tell you a bit that he's going to do, right. and he starts laughing at his own material. He goes, that's great, isn't it? Isn't that a great bit? I'm like, shut up. We're on stand-up sit-down with Bill Engvall, who's taking the time uh, as his busy promotional tour for his new CD called Here's Your Sign Reloaded. We're talking about some of the friends you've been on tour with. Uh, let's talk about Jeff Foxworthy for a minute. Now, when you guys went out in the Blue Collar Tour, were, did you argue at all about who got top billing, or wasn't there any such thing? No. I, you know, I, I would bust on him saying, I, I deserve top billing. But listen, you got a guy there who sold 12 million, 14 million records. I mean, he's the all-time comedy seller in, in history. Uh, he was always – there was, there was never a doubt that he was going to be the headliner. And uh, the great thing about Jeff was that, uh, that he never really seriously threw it in our face. You know, we joke about it. But uh, it was amazing. I used to laugh because I would go up in front of him and just throw down for 50 minutes the toughest stuff in the world to follow. And uh, I'd walk off stage, and, you know, people are standing and clapping and cheering. And Jeff would walk by me and go, nice try. You'll get them next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know they're not going to leave unless you do some You Might Be a Redneck. If you have a complete set of salad bowls and they all say cool whip on the side, <laughs> you might be a redneck. If you take your dog for a walk and you both use the tree at the corner, <laughs> you might be a redneck. <laughs> if your wife says she's game and you shoot her, you might be a redneck. If your panty lines can be seen from aerial photographs, you might be a redneck. If you've ever been accused of lying through your tooth, you might be a redneck. If your dog passes gas and you claim it, you might be a redneck. If you've ever used your ironing board as a buffet table. <laughs> My mother-in-law in New Orleans, by the way. Hey, speaking of families, and you know mine, ain't a whole lot of reading going on in that house. 
Maybe no trespassing <laughs> signs, but that's about it. Well, they love to hunt. <laughs> Did your mama get the new linoleum, by the way? That was tears of joy that day. <laughs> Wouldn't let us walk on it with shoes. No. <laughs> we thought we was Chinese. <laughs> you take shoes off. <laughs> you take shoes off. You take shoes off. Don't walk on linoleum. <laughs> but... I actually witnessed this with my family at a funeral. If you've ever taken a six-pack of beer to a funeral, you might be a redneck. (laughs) Mama looks good, don't she? (laughs) That ain't mama. Yeah, it is. They get shaved off for me. <laughs> Where Bill's family's from, they got that show Wheel of Fortune. It's a little different, though. The puzzle's already solved. They just gotta spin the wheel and try to pronounce a phrase that's hanging up there on that bed. What? <laughs> Whatever that show we used to do. <laughs> we are the short bus of comedy, I will tell you that right now. If your wife has ever said, come move this transmission so I can take a bath. (laughs) You might be a redneck. If your neighbors think you're a detective because a cop always brings you home. (laughs) You might be a redneck. Oh, my God. If you think a quarter horse is that ride in front of Kmart. (laughs) You might be a redneck. If you miss fifth grade graduation because you had jury duty, <laughs> you might be a redneck. If you think fast food is hitting a deer at 65 miles an hour, <laughs> you might be a redneck. If you've ever sat on the toilet until your legs fell asleep, <laughs> you've done that one in the. We went on vacation together last winter. <laughs> what, remember that night you came out of the bathroom? He's like, I was reading the bridges of Madison County. has a clothesline in the front yard. <laughs> you might be a redneck. If an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger changed your life, <laughs> you might be a redneck. If somebody tells you you have something in your teeth and you take them out to see what it is, you might be a redneck. If you wear a dress that is strapped 
topless with a bra that isn't. You might be a redneck. If you've ever stared at a can of orange juice because it said concentrate, <laughs> you might be ready. Now, God bless y'all. Thank you for Thank coming you, out. Thank you, Good night. But yeah, I tell you, Fox is a great guy, and everybody in their life should have a chance to have a friend like Jeff. He's just really wonderful. He seems like a nice guy on stage and off stage. It's all an act. He's a jerk. No, he is. He is seriously a nice guy. He's almost nice to a fault. Uh, he's just so nice, and uh, he's and, and and very funny. Uh, I tell you, I think a lot of times people don't get to see really how funny he is because I think he's I, I think he's hysterical off stage, just talking. You know, when we're just sitting around rooms and yapping, uh, he, I, he's got us all in stitches. Now, how, what did he think? You got the inside scoop. What was uh, was he? Uh, unhappy with that the the sitcom he was doing for a while. I mean, did he consider oh, yeah. that, that wasn't really him or what? Yeah, I, I think he was. Uh, in fact, Jeff used to have a phrase. We used to laugh. Uh, he and I would laugh on the set. And in fact, I think he was really glad that I came on that last year because it gave him somebody that was that he knew and was a peer that you could he could rant and rave to. Because you know, when you're in television, you can't rant and rave to anybody, right? Because you know you don't know who's listening. He knew I was his friend and I could talk. But uh, I used to laugh because he would walk into my dressing room and go, Bill. This morning I got out of bed, I had a skip in my step and a smile on my face, and they've sucked it out of me already. <laughs> but And it was just because, you know, uh, it, television can be so stupid. I mean, just so inanely stupid. You know, uh, people would come to Jeff and say, Jeff, there's somebody parked in my parking space. Well, you know, that's not his job, but his, <laughs> his name's on the show. Right. Uh have you and, ever have you ever been approached to do television? Would you like to? Yeah, do that? you know, I would. I wouldn't mind doing a, a, a television. Uh, but I'll tell you the difference is, I used to want to do television to be famous. Yeah. Now I want to do television so I can be home. Uh, just because I travel all the time. Uh-huh. And uh, but yeah, I would like to do a show. But uh, if it doesn't come, that's fine. Because you know, I, I tell you, I love what I do, and I love the the live performance, and, and the and the fans are, are just the best. I mean, not to sound like a modeling country singer, but the uh, you know it. Uh, the, the, I got the greatest comedy fans, and you know, that's one of the things that's great about XM Radio is uh, is that it's just getting more and more uh, because more and more people are turn, getting turned on to Bill Ingvall and my style of humor, and so it just I I, I see a difference. Well, yeah, we are very happy and very proud to be able to be a twenty four hour comedy station. I mean, it's not being well, played and that's great, else. you know, because a lot of times comedy gets lost. Uh, on regular radio because they just throw it in in the morning and in the afternoon and for a 30-second bit. Right. You know, uh, one of the things that, that really turned me on about XM Radio was uh, literally you can listen to somebody's whole album. Sure. I'm I mean, on... you know, they, they uh, and, and that's where you, you go, hey, I like that. I'm going to go get that. Well, you don't, you know, 20 seconds, you don't know whether you like somebody or whether it's, you know, what's, what's you know. One of my pet peeves when you go buy an album, there's one good song and the rest of them suck. Right. Uh, but, you know, that I think that's one of the great things. And well, well, Larry the Cable Guy said when he was here, he said, I would go on morning shows and you can't swear. You can't talk about half the stuff you talk about on stage. You're half awake at six in the morning, and you all you do is the best you can do is come away sounding like a a nice guy, but they don't really know your act. Right. Well, and if Larry can't swear, then he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great things of marriage, the products of marriage, obviously kids. I have two. My daughter is uh, falling in her mother's footsteps. They're trying to put me in a home. <laughs> Telling you, man. She. We went looking at colleges. Good God, colleges. I'm gonna tell you something. It's a real slap in the face. When you walk onto a college campus and you catch a guy catch, checking out your daughter. Yeah. 
Then I realized it was a slap in the face. My wife caught me checking out college chicks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a guy. And I love that. You know, I'm telling you, it's not fair, because they didn't look like that when I was in college. You know, somebody goes, oh, yes, they did. Oh, no, they didn't. I got the yearbook, all right? <laughs> and guys always try to rationalize it. You know, like, hey, maybe she's my age. <laughs> Sorry, there's no 46-year-old college cheerleaders. <laughs> and now let's welcome the college cheerleaders. There's Bambi, Jennifer, and Mrs. Johnson. Yeah, and they put up with me this year. It's been a rough year on me, man. I've about decided getting old sucks. You know, the older you get, it just sucks. I make noises getting into bed now. <laughs> you're finding sometimes you're laying, oh, yeah, there we go, yeah. <laughs> if I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, it sounds like somebody walking on packing peanuts. You know, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's sick, man. I used to laugh at these ads like Grecian formula. Now I'm like, hmm. <laughs> it sucks, man. And it's like, I got a hernia, which, you know, I've never had a hernia. You know, and I'd like to think I'm still attracted to, you know, attractive to 20, 25-year-old women, but, yeah, till something like that pops up. Then I don't see me and Brittany <laughs> hanging out at the ER. <laughs> I go, Brittany, I got a hernia. Oh, God. I joke about my son, but I gotta tell you something. It was, he's, he, he's, I call him my little miracle baby. Because he was born through in vitro fertilization. I don't know if anybody's done this, but it is without a doubt the most humiliating thing you will ever do in your life. Because for any of this stuff start, I had to go in for a little test. You know, to make sure that I was packing a loaded gun. And the name of this test is called the hamster test, which scared the hell out of me. Because I'm thinking, hey, hey, hey. I got fantasies, but they don't involve Ben. So I go to this doctor at seven in the morning and, there's, and I gotta wait in line. There's like eight guys ahead of me. And we had to go to the doctor at seven in the morning because we gotta do this little test. And part of this test is we gotta go into this office and butter the corn, all right? I think that's the medical term. And I get there, there's this line of like seven guys. And every guy knows why that other guy's there. So there's not a whole lot of chit-chat going on. So it's finally my turn. The nurse hands me this mason-looking jar. And I just, I'm nervous. And I see the jar and I just started giggling. And she goes, what? And I go, <laughs> guess you heard the rumor. <laughs> She's like, just give us what you can. <laughs> Who woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, huh? So she walks me down this hallway to this doctor's bathroom and she opens his door and there's a TV and a VCR. And they give you a nasty movie to watch. And she hands me this movie and like I said, I'm nervous. So I started giggling again. And she goes, what is it now? And I go, Seen it. <laughs> She's like, shut up. 
and she locks the door. Now, when that door locks, the thought goes through your mind, how long do I stay in here? Because your first thought is, I just want to do this and get it over with, you know. But your second thought is, hey, 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 I got my pride. You know, you don't want to open that door in here. Woo, there's a record. They're flashing their time out in the waiting room. You've made ESPN's plays of the week. So I do this, I walk out, I give it to the nurse. I pass my test, I don't know how they grade it, you know, some kind of bell curve system, I guess, or something. But they called us two weeks later and said, all right, Bill, you and your wife need to come back in today because we're gonna fertilize the eggs today. So I go back in, same guys are there. You know, we're on a bowling league now. <laughs> Buttered veggies. So she calls my name, I get my jar, I go in the bathroom, I fast forward the movie to where I left off. <laughs> you don't want to miss a second of the plot of these things. And I do this again. I walk out, I give it to the nurse, she comes back to me 10 minutes later and says, we're gonna need some more. I'm sorry? She says, we're gonna need some more. And I said, <laughs> It's one show a night, princess. <laughs> she goes, if you want kids, you better do an encore. And I'm like, oh. So I go back and I do it twice in 10 minutes, which I was very proud of. My wife was all ticked off. You know? She's like, oh, sure, in our bedroom, he's one-shot Johnny. Put him in a roadside bathroom, Captain Stud appears. We're talking to Bill Engvall. Let's get around quickly now. We'll cover the blue-collar friends all, all together. One of my favorite guys, I was watching uh, one of those 30-minute uh, stand-up specials on Comedy mm -hmm. Central and where they divided up the three different comics. Right. And they had two comics. I don't know. I think most of the comics on those shows are friends of the producer. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and, but to close the show, out comes Ron White with a drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other. And he was so loose. He just took over that place and just killed him. Well, I have said, uh, I've known Ron for a lot of years. Uh, I knew Ron when Ron was selling windows. Uh, and, <laughs> really? And, uh, yeah, Ron. I remember Ron and I were playing golf. He was selling windows and going up on amateur night. And he said, Bill, I'm thinking about doing this full time. Good to be here. You know what? I almost died uh, yesterday. That's funny. I flew here from Beaumont. On a plane this big. It was like a pack of gum with eight people in it. Just... And what happened was we, uh, we took off from the Beaumont Airport Hair Care and Tire Center. <laughs> Traveling at half the speed of smell. And we got like halfway and we had to go back. It's a 12-minute flight. We can't pull it off with this equipment. We had engine trouble. We lost some oil pressure in one of the engines. And they told us about it over the speaker system of the plane. Which was stupid because they could have just went, Hey, we lost some oil pressure. Heard ya. It was weird. Everybody on the plane was nervous, but the guy sitting next to me is just losing it. You know what I mean? And I'd been drinking since lunch, so... That was okay. 
This guy goes, hey man, hey man, if one of these engines fails, how far will the other one take us? All the way to the scene of the crash. <laughs> Which is pretty handy, because that's where we're headed. I bet we beat the paramedics there by a half hour. We are moving. I drank too much. Fun, they've treated us good. A bunch of people last night asked me if I wanted to go to the men's club, and I didn't want to go. I just ended up going. Because you guys back me up on this. You've seen one woman naked. You want to see the rest of them naked. <laughs> It could be an old biker chick, you know, they're gonna hang down to here. You wanna see me naked? Yeah, I do. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Roll them back up. <laughs> Things that make you go. <laughs> It was a wild night. I ended up getting back to the Omni Hotel. They're so snooty. <laughs> they wish I was staying somewhere else. <laughs> I got back to the hotel at 7.30 this morning and I went up to the desk to leave a wake-up call for 7 o'clock. <laughs> and the lady goes, Mr. White, it's past 7. No, the next one. <laughs> you got another one coming around, don't you, sweetheart? Why don't you just put me on that one, huh? Here they're running two a day through Harris County. And it turns out I was right. I'm pretty happy about that. I'm from Texas, born and raised in Texas. and. and Thanks, it wasn't easy. <laughs> I love Texas, man. But my favorite thing about Texas, in Texas, we have the death penalty and we use it. That's right. If you come to Texas and kill somebody, we will kill you back. They're trying to pass a bill right now through the Texas legislature that'll speed up the process of execution in heinous crimes where there's more than three eyewitnesses. If more than three people saw you do whatever you did, you don't sit on death row for 15 years. You go straight to the front of the line. Other states... Other states are trying to abolish the death penalty, and Texas is putting in an express lane. I had some people last summer take me tubing down the uh, Guadalupe River. I was, that's cool, huh? Yeah. I was baffled by it. I'd never done it before. 21 of us from the Austin Laugh Stop met to go tube this river. We had six ice chests full of beer with the tubes wrapped around them. We floated down that river drinking beer for six and a half hours. Not one person had to pee. Is that normal? Because 
Well, I'd like to think my friends wouldn't pee on themselves. I, I know I would. <laughs> That was the best thing about tubing the river. You could just paddle up to somebody you don't even know. <laughs> Talk to them while you're peeing on yourself. That's relaxed right there. If you're floating down a river drinking a beer, peeing on yourself, there's no tension there, is there? I guess we'd been floating down that river for like an hour before I realized to myself, well, everybody's just peeing on themselves. <laughs> Hell, I'll just pee on myself. Everybody got mad at me. Of course, I was in a canoe. Standing up, too. I... Not everybody got mad. A couple people viewed it as a photo opportunity. And I know that because I got their Christmas card last year. I don't remember it being that cold that day. <laughs> hey, thanks for playing along. I hope you enjoyed it. Good night. Ron Pound for Pound is one of the funniest guys I've ever seen in my life. Really? A a he's, the, he's the best unknown comic I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, as far as just being known nationwide. And that was the great thing about the Blue Collar Tour was that I think it really put him on that next level. Right. That people were exposed to him because he's just, I mean, Ron White has got some bits that I, w I used to watch Ron White. And when we would work together, I'd watch him every night. Now, I've seen a lot of comics. And a lot of times I'll watch the first night and then uh, just, uh, you know, sit in the back and have a beer. Right. But Ron White I would watch every night just because uh, just how funny. And he made me laugh. And I would hear the same story over and over and still laugh out loud at it. Yeah. He's, he's such a natural. Oh, uh, it just flows out of him. I well, mean, well, that's the one thing when I saw him on television that one time that knocked me out. When everybody else was up there trying to get acceptance, he walked out like he didn't give a shit. Well, and you know what? And that's the thing. I think that's one of the keys to a great comic. Right. Is the ability to be that relaxed. And, uh, you know, and I've got it. Ron's got it. Jeff's got it. it it's you don't you don't feel like you're watching a comic. You're just, you feel like you're just watching a guy who's really, really funny. Yeah, a friend of yours. Yeah, it's like, hey, look, uh, let's just all sit around the living room and I'm going to tell you a story. And that's, <laughs> and I think that's one of the keys to being a great comic is just, is people, the minute you start, they just, they kind of, they, you see, you can physically see people relax. Well, speaking of great comics, let's play another track off your new CD oh, called you. Reloaded. Why don't you pick one? What's one of your favorite subjects on uh, the One of my favorite bits on that thing is uh, the Jolly Roger Party Boat. <laughs> It's pathetic, man. I'm, it's so bad. That's how I got this, this earring, because I'm a cheap drunk. My wife and I went on this cruise, all right? And you know when you go on a cruise, they have these excursions you can take off the boat? Well, my wife booked us on this one called the Jolly Roger Party Boat. Does that red flag anybody else? It's a pirate ship with just kegs of rum punch. Kids are drinking. There's no bouncers. Kids are drinking it, my wife's drinking, I'm drinking, I got an eye patch and a do-rag. I'm, arr, matey, arr, arr. Let's play some more village people. So we're just, we're swinging off a rope into shark-infested waters. We don't care! <laughs> to the shark, we were like those little Christmas candies that have liquor in the middle of them. So we meet this other couple there. And we cruise back in, the other ship comes back in, and we get, we get on the big ship, and we still got about an hour. Well, we had met this couple, and this guy goes, you know what? 
the girls had gone off shopping. He goes, I want to get my ear pierced. And I was like, eh, no, you don't. And I, he goes, yeah, he goes, let's go. I go, let's go find a rum bar. You know, so we find this rum bar and we're drinking. He goes, I'm getting my ear pierced. And I thought I said, go ahead. But what came out was, arr, if you'll do it, Bill will do it. It was Captain Morgan. He was right there. So we go to this piercing parlor, and I we still got about half an hour. So I figure what's going to happen? We're going to walk in. The guy goes, "We want to get our ears pierced," and the guy will say, "I only have time to do one of you," and I'll go, "We'll do him. He really wants it." We walk in the front door, and the guy goes, "We want to get our ears pierced." The guy goes, "Okay, bam bam." I'm like, "What happened?" He goes, "You got your ear pierced." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I go, I, wanted, I didn't want to do this. I was, I was drunk. And he, I go, well, I'll just take it out. Nope. What do they say, ladies? They'll get infected. So now I got to walk back to the ship. Have you ever been walking and you see something like 200 yards away and you can't quite make it out, so you do that head cock thing? That, that's the way my wife's looking at me. So what do I do? The, the total run, I do this whole gay thing. I put my hand on my ear and I'm walking to her like this. And she goes, what are you, Ricky Martin? What did you do? And I go, what? What are you talking about? She goes, move your hands. Take your hand away from your ear. And I go, she goes, oh my God. You pierced your ear. I said, it wasn't my fault. It was Captain Morgan. And she goes, oh, kind of like Jose Cuervo made you ride the floor buffer. I said, exactly. That's just a little portion of Reloaded from Bill Engvall, who's our guest. What did it feel like to see yourself uh, during the Blue Collar Tour? The, the movie opened limited and then went right to video, right? Right, yeah. They, uh, the, the movie company uh, I was not real happy with. Uh, the fact that this movie, when they test marketed, had a high, uh, they, it, it scored so high. Uh, like, they have a thing called an exit poll. And uh, basically what it is, when people walk out of a, a premiere or a, a test market movie, there's people who sit there and go, would you tell people to come see this movie or not? And we had, we scored a 94%, which is out of uh, 80, 80% the, the movie studios are going crazy about. Uh-huh. Uh, we scored a 94 and uh, they gave it such a limited release and then had the, had the balls to come back and say, well, it's not making any money. Well, it's in 13 cities, <laughs> you know. Uh, and well, you got to make money in the video store, though. Oh, the, the DVD's doing great, uh, and I think they're going to start running on Comedy Central. And I'll tell you, one of the coolest things, though, was when you would when we were doing the press tour for it, uh, is you walk up to a movie theater, and there's our movie posters right next to, like, Jack Nicholson's About Schmidt. And, right. you know, I mean, that's pretty cool. Now, what was it like to see your face 20 feet high? Gross. <laughs> Did all you notice any imperfections? Was, <laughs> all I could do was uh, sit in the movie theater and go, dear God, you've got to lose some weight. And why are you talking so fast? <laughs> I'll never forget Robert Klein, one of his early bits years ago, talked about, he was in a couple of films, and he had a, actually had a nude scene. And he said uh, the hair on his ass was like a pine tree. He said it, was, <laughs> it wasn't meant to be that big. <laughs> well, it is weird when your when your mug is up on a big old screen. You you really notice the imperfections, like right. uh, like wow, I need hair plugs or you know something. <laughs> you know you got to do some here's your sign things. You have got to do. Some here's
do your little skit. All right. <laughs> As most of y'all know, my pet peeve in life is I hate stupid people. I think they should have to wear signs and just say I'm stupid. That way you wouldn't rely on And <laughs> I was flying today from, uh, yes, actually yesterday, uh, from L.A. to Houston, a direct flight. The guy sitting next to me goes, you going to Houston? No, El Paso, I'll be parachuting out about an hour. Here's your sign. This is the same guy, y'all. We're at 37,000 feet. He's sitting at the window seat. He's got the shade closed. We hit some turbulence and the plane bumped a little bit. He opened the shade and looked out the window. What are you going to see? You're not going to hear the phrase, oh my God, we just hit a dog at 37,000 feet. Here's your sign. You're telling airport stuff. Tell them when we were in Buffalo oh. about a month ago when they lost your bags. We go to Buffalo and everybody gets their luggage. Mine doesn't show up. So I go down to the baggage claim office where everybody's in such a good mood. <laughs> Which I don't, when you apply to an airline, who goes there and says, I want to work in lost baggage? <laughs> you don't have a good day. No. No. Nobody ever walks by and goes, got all my bags, thanks. So you we think should do be, that. We, we should, should do, do that, that just to freak them out. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a manager. Oh my God. I got their bags. So, this, you'd think the woman would be a little understanding, but she was being really snotty. I mean, all my clothes there, and I said, I said Excuse me. And she goes, Can I help you? I said, Well, I hope. I said, Y'all lost my luggage. And she goes, Has your plane landed yet? I said, No, Peaches. I'm having an out of body experience. I got to get back for the peanuts. I want to try one. You got one. I don't know if I got one or not, but we're, we're in the process of repainting our house. And uh, so we have the guys there this week and they've got the cloth, you know, that they put all over your furniture to protect it. And we have a piano and one of these guys with a cloth points over the corner. And he goes, that's y'all's piano. <laughs> I was like, no, that's our coffee table. It's just got buck teeth. <laughs> Here's your sign. That's a good one. That is one. You can have it. That is a good one. Hey, I won't try one of them. Oh, Here's God. your sign. <laughs> well, I got you go ahead and try it. <laughs> you can have this one, too. <laughs> My grandma... Well, 99 years old when she died, and he was going to the funeral. And I said to this fellow, my grandma just died. She's 99 years old. He said, how'd she die? How'd she die? She crashed her Harley jumping wheelchair down there at the old place. What do you mean, how'd she die? Here's your sign right there. You like that? <laughs> My son, Tater Tot. I thought he was going to say Mr. Potato Head. No, that's his daddy, Mr. <laughs> Potato Head. When he was uh, six years old, he was going to fly to his grandmother's house from Dallas-Fort Worth to, uh, to Austin, 30-minute flight. And I'm putting him on the plane. His grandmother's taking him off. And I'm buying the ticket. And the lady goes... 
Will there be somebody there to pick him up when he gets off the plane? Said, no, I'm going to pin a $20 bill to his collar and wish him the best of luck. Here's your sign. <laughs> I had one happen before we came here to Houston. I was in the park with my kids. We're flying a kite. Guy walks up and he goes, y'all flying a kite? Said, nope, we're fishing for birds. Here's your sign. T- tell them the one you did. Oh, why you got to bring that No, up? share that with a group. I was at the mall one day. I found out that actually, I found out that nobody's immune from this, not even me. Not even Brainiac no, no. over here. <laughs> I came out of the mall. A guy parked right next to me, standing with a coat hanger in his window. And I could not stop myself. I said, you lock your keys in your car? He whooped around and said, no, just wash it. Gonna hang it up to dry. Here's your sign. But the best one, the best one I've seen all year long recently happened in L.A. I got stuck behind a big rig that had wedged his trailer up underneath an overpass. And traffic's backed up for miles. And me and the trucker stand on the side of the road talking. And the highway patrolman pulls up. And he looks at the guy's rig and he looks at the trucker. And I'm thinking, he can't say it. <laughs> but he's got that look, you know. That, well, you know the look. I've seen your family's photo album. <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> he goes, to get your truck stuck? And God bless this truck without missing a beat. He goes, nope, I was delivering that overpass. I ran out of gas. Here's your time. We're talking to Bill Engvall. Before we go, Bill, I mm-hmm. want to ask you, who would you pay money to go see? What, what comedian? That's- wow. That's a great question. That's a loaded question. Well, uh, you got to be honest. Now, first response. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock is just hysterical. We, we, had, uh, we asked him for a quote. We just reached one million subscribers, and we're doing a, a special edition with uh, Rolling Stone magazine. And so we asked him, will you be kind enough to give us a quote? And he goes, sure. And he writes me back, and he goes, I love XM radio. I listen to it all the time. It's television for blind people. And it took me a, like a week. I still haven't figured out whether that's a compliment or not. I think Chris Rock is just, uh, he makes me laugh out loud. He really does. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's because I can't do what he does. And maybe that's a part of it. But I, he just, golly, his first special just, I was wetting myself. Well, listen, you're a funny man, too. Bill Engvall, we really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much, and uh, it's great to be on XM Radio. All right. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Bill Engvall on this week's FoxCast. Next week, another surprise. You'll have to tune in to find out who's going to be here. I'm Sonny Fox. We hope you enjoyed it. Tell your friends that you can listen to the uh, previous 20 or so FoxCast anytime they want to at SonnyFox.com. Podbean.com. That's S O N N Y F O X dot Podbean, B E A N dot com. Okay? And thanks for listening.